This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Noom uses the latest in proven behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Noom builds personal plans that can meet an individual's needs, takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching, their platform has helped millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. I think a lot of intelligence has gone into the whole Noom system. They really think about how humans live, how they think, what their psychology is, and it's all been used to help people control their weight. So stay focused on what's important to you with the Noom psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's Noom, N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living, available to buy now, wherever books are sold. Wonderful every time that I'm with Conan O'Brien. Oh, that's so <laughs> nice. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hello and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, a podcast where I pretty much scam people I know <laughs> into talking to me. But uh, I think the good thing is it's people that I know and uh, really admire, and this is a great opportunity to speak to them. And so uh, I think it's a good scam. Mm -hmm. as, as scams go, this is a pretty good scam. Yeah, it is. And I'm really enjoying it. I'm joined by my assistant, uh, I was going to say trusty assistant, but I'll just say assistant Sonam Obsession. I'm not trusty. What do you think? I think calling me just assistant is probably accurate. Probably the way yeah. to go. Uh, also, we've got <laughs> Matt Gorley here joining us. Uh, Matt, how are you? Good. I like your little scam. It's a victimless crime. I do think it's a victimless crime. That's a, the nicest thing anyone could say about this podcast is that it's a victimless crime. Yeah, that was the There's best. There's definitely a crime being committed here. Yeah. There's definitely something <laughs> that's not on the up and up that's happening, but I don't see who gets hurt. Well, Sona and I do, but I mean for the guest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you don't get hurt. Yeah. You give as good as you get. Mm -hmm. You are quite adept. Oh, and by the way, Sona and I were preparing to do today's podcast, and we were wearing our masks and sitting out on the sidewalk at a place where you can order ahead for the food, and then they bring it out and they set it on the table in little boxes, and you can eat the food. Mm -hmm. We're sitting there, 
And uh, this guy walks by. It's a true story. This just happened about an hour and a half ago. This guy walks by and he's wearing headphones and he's wearing a mask and he stops in his tracks and he looks at us and he does this double take and then he takes off the headphones and says, I'm listening to your podcast right now. (laughs) So he was listening to this podcast and he was listening to Sona and I bicker Uh when he walks by and Sona and I are at the table bickering over (laughs) who took, you know, I took too much of the hummus and and you got some of the tahini on Uh my, uh, you know, on on the floor. And so he, he was like, what? What? And I said, this, I said, we've been looking for you. We try to track, (laughs) I said, we track people who've been listening to the podcast. And I held up my phone. We track people who've been listening to the podcast and we try to create a 3D experience. Uh Like Pokemon Go. I can't believe he didn't scream Katakai as God made her. I know. I know, he should have said that. No one's done that yet. opportunity. Uh, I don't know where he is in the podcast lineup. He may have fallen behind. Then uh, he's chatting with us. Again, I want to stress, wearing a mask, safe distance, very nice guy. He got over his total freak out. And what does yeah. it turn out? You can do the reveal of what he does. What do you mean? What is what his profession is? What he oh, does? Oh, he's a comedy writer, and he's a, he, he teaches, teaches he teaches comedy writing at Emerson College. Yeah, down oh. the street. Do you have his name? Ed Lee. Yes, Ed Lee. And he said he knows oh, you, man. That's I know Ed why Lee. I'm. Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh, yeah. This is how the people say uh, it's a big. No one's ever said it's a small world. They always say it's a really big world. <laughs> I want to, for the first time, point out that. Maybe, maybe it's kind of a small world after all. Oh. Because this guy, he said, yeah, I teach at Emerson. I teach comedy (laughs) writing. And then he said, I also know Matt Gorley. And I said, how do you know Matt Gorley? And he said, he was my neighbor. And that's where I got intrigued because I thought this could go any way. I mean, what if he says, he said that you were, I said, oh yeah, he's a nice guy. He went, oh, he's a very nice guy. I just gave you nice guy. He said you were a very nice guy. But <laughs> he could have revealed something monstrous about you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? In that moment, you're, you're, it was a chance. It was an opportunity to find out, I don't know what he's up to in his backyard, but it sure is weird. I think we just lived in the same neighborhood because I would only run into him at the Village Bakery in Atwater Village when I used to live there. Ah, uh-huh. that's okay. nice. What are it is a small world. Can but, you imagine what yeah. it's like? Because anyone right now um, who's listening to the podcast at this moment, if you're walking along or jogging or driving your car and you're stopped at a light and you look out and you're hearing Sona and Gorley and I bicker and then you look out the window and we're there. That's uh-huh. be crazy. Wouldn't that give you a sense that there is some sort of force in the universe? This yeah. can't be a coincidence. I know. I, I totally buy that. I'm really I'm into that stuff a lot. What does that mean? Yeah. You're superstitious? I'm not superstitious. I think that there's like a a connection with a lot of people. There's too many coincidences. There's, you know, maybe, you know. I don't think there are too many coincidences. I think there are an appropriate number of coincidences. Okay. It's a random, constantly expanding universe. No, you're just saying that because you want to disagree with me. I think there's a lot in the world and it's, it's nuts. Like, you know, my, my husband and I are both Armenian and we were like, how is it that we never knew anybody in common? And then I was going through his old pictures and I found a picture of him in a group and my sister-in-law is in that picture with him. And it was just like this random coincidence. Wait, so the, if, if, another, if an Armenian person in Los Angeles meets another <laughs> Armenian person, it's hard for them to understand how we didn't meet before. Yes, or how we don't because have it's a, a very lot of people clo- in Because it's a very close-knit com- close community. Yes, yes. yeah. Yeah. 
I, I'm always amazed when people come up to me and go, oh, do you know Jimmy so-and-so? And I'll be like, uh, Jimmy Fitzgerald. And I'll go like, no. Are you sure? He's Irish. Oh. And I'll think, well, I think like a hundred million of us came over on one boat. <laughs> <laughs> It was a big, tippy, sinking boat. And we got off and we all grabbed hockey sticks and started smashing everything around us and going, Rawr! So I'm, you know, I'm shocked that anyone thinks I know all Irish people. There's too many of you. It's just a lot of us. We're a hot mess. There's a lot of you. And there's, you know, because you guys reproduce a lot. Yeah. I routinely, I knew other families that had nine kids. I knew families that had 10 kids. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. 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 And you know what I've noticed? Like towards the end, they don't even give them names. Like it's Tommy. <laughs> it is. It's, it's really is like there's 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 Tommy and there's Sean. And like the first couple, there's they have names. And then at the end, there's just they don't even give them names. Yeah. They just have they're just like you and then over you are you. And if you look it up on the birth certificate, it says instead of where the name is, it says another one. <laughs> It says another one and then the last name. That's a true story. Uh, that really happened, said the liar. I just think about, what do this you is think inappropriate, about? but when I hear 10 kids, I'm just like, what's that vagina like? <laughs> right? You have to go. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have to go. What, do you, what the? F- it's just, what is that vagina like? I'll tell you, productive. You- <laughs> <laughs> this is, what are you talking about productive what are you talking about after 10 kids after one there's a lot that happens down there 10 yeah what do you do even barely push and it just comes out (laughs) it's like like a ford assembly contract again can you even do it what do you mean can you do it do what it's just so (laughs) it's just such a traumatized vagina I don't know. What do you mean, can you do it? Explain what you mean by do it. Can you have intercourse after, like, how does that work? (laughs) Well, there's... I regret this. We should get started. I regret bringing this up. We have to address this now. No, come on, we don't have to. We do. Now, after each baby, uh, the vagina heals back to its uh, original uh, condition. Original Uh, condition? Is it, though? Which one of us knows more about vaginas? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do you really want to go toe-to-toe with me about vaginas? If if anyone knows about vaginas, it's It's... Conan (laughs) (laughs) O'Brien. If you ask anybody in the Los Angeles or Boston area anything about a vagina, they'll say, well, I don't really know. Hey, hey, you should go ask Conan. (laughs) Conan O'Brien. Why, he's the vagina man. Um, it snaps back to its original condition. It heals completely. By the time you get to 10, 11, 12, kids are tumbling out at three months and they have to make it on their own. They come out, they fall out like luggage, like luggage out of an overhead compartment during turbulence. The children just go tumbling, they go tumbling out and they're fully dressed in tweed suits and they're carrying briefcases. They're that fully formed. Listeners. Oh my um, God, I know. No, 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 no. Listen. No one's left. If <clears throat> you don't want to talk to your children or you feel awkward talking to your children about these things, they should listen to the podcast. No. Yes. This is a good source of information. It's educational. Yes. Vaginas snap back to the original condition. Uh, then, of course, for the ninth and 10th, uh, they are overhead compartments that have popped open in flight. <laughs> children fall out of several months, like luggage, dressed in tweed suits and holding briefcases that are filled, strangely, oh with legal matters. Oh. Uh, 
That's it. I think we got to get started on the yes, show. Yes, please. Yep. I uh, yep. I blame you, Sona. You can't act like you didn't do this. You did yeah, this. I, you know what? You're right, and I apologize. I'm really do sorry you, I brought up the vagina, but it is something I think about after 10 kids. What is that vagina like? Not something I think about. I think how would the children be cared for? Oh. Will there be enough resources for them to all go to college? Yeah. Uh, I hope the spacing is enough so that each kid feels individualized. My mind does not go what? to the old vajaroo, um, <laughs> which is what I call it. You're so clinical. What do you call it? I call it the old vajaroo. Um, oh, God. Just end it. Just, oh, no. I'd like to formally even... uh, hand in my uh, notice. Your resignation? Yeah. Okay, all right. How do, you're handing me your resignation as I'm handing you mine, okay. as soon as handing in hers. All our resignations are smashing into each other in the middle of the room. It's a Mexican standoff of resignations. Yeah. Just, just crashing into each other. It was vajaroo that did it. The old vajaroo. Goodbye. Hey, what's the name of that company I love plugging? That Magoosh. 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 I forget what Magoosh does, but Magoosh should be a product that's used when you're having trouble down there if you're a lady. So I could do that ad. I could be like, if you're having trouble down there, ladies, just use Magoosh. It's the right thing for the old vajaroo. <laughs> I'm firing a flare into the night sky oh my God. and declaring that it's all over. Hey, it can't be uh. over because our guest today is just too damn good. My guest today is a hilarious comedian, writer, and actor. You know from such shows as Blackish, Angie Tribeca, and Grownish. He was also a terrific writer and performer on my show for five years. I'm very excited to talk to him today. Dion Cole. Welcome, Dion. You didn't actually say you were my friend. You just say, in the moments you're around me, you feel when wonderful. I'm a, when I'm around Conan O'Brien. When I I'm around him. So the minute you don't see me, you forget about me, right? Is that what you're saying? The minute you leave me, all thought of me goes away completely. I have to have my fat Irish head right in front of your face in order to for you to feel anything about me, right? Like, if, you, if I died... If I died, you would come to my, you would come to my wake, and the casket would be open, and you'd be looking at me crying, and saying I'm so sad about Conan, and then they would shut the lid, and you'd say, "Let's get the fuck out of here." I'll be saying very lightly to myself when I'm around. Conan you know what? I want you to give my eulogy. Whenever I was around Conan, I didn't dislike him. I didn't hate him. But then Ladies. the minute I walked away, I thought of what a shithead he was. Ladies and gentlemen, we only want around stories today. Yeah, everybody. yeah. Today are just going to be around yeah. stories. Well, let's talk about that. I met you, what year did I meet you? Would it have been like 2009, I think? I think it was like 2009. It's when I was doing The Tonight Show. And you came on and you did a great stand-up set that was really hilarious. Yeah, after I was done... You came to the green room and we talked about if I got a good parking space or not. 
And, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you know. That's all. Yes. Some say. Some say my problem at the Tonight Show, if there was, then maybe my fatal flaw was I only worried about the parking spaces, and I really got into it, and I was great at parking spaces. And people would say, "Hey, Conan, what's your monologue going to be today? What what comedy do you have ready? What are you going to ask the guests?" I'd be like, hey, "Guys, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I need to know if Sean Hayes has a good parking spot." Just, does Dion Cole have a good parking spot? Where is it? Where is it? Is it near? No, 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 no. That's too far. No. He's got to walk. That's not good. No, you, know? you you told me I did it. You told me I did a fantastic job, and then you went right into did you did you find a good place to park? And mm-hmm. I just was like, yeah. I said the parking lot is crazy, and we started talking about the parking lot for a minute. And uh, yeah, that was. You know. Well, I remember we had a really good, you were really funny, and then we had a great talk, and then uh, we hired you, I hired you to be a writer on the show, mm-hmm. and you were not sure when you got there. You weren't yeah. sure, right? You were. You yeah. had some, you had some uh, worries about writing for me. I did, because first of all, I was a stand-up comic, and the number one issue at the time, which is crazy as shit, but... I had to wake up at like seven in the morning when I was used to going. I was used to. <laughs> so, I like that in this era of everyone being hypersensitive, people are so sensitive about race and about, you know, cultural. How do we how do we get together? And you're like, no, no, no it wasn't that. I, I, did the, get the, I didn't want to get up at seven. <laughs> I was going to bed at seven as a stand up. I was right, right, like right. six o'clock. I was coming in with. We'll do, we'll do comedy store, the Laugh Factory, we'll be out all night, go to bed about five, six in the morning. So to be up at seven to go to work, that was like different for me. Right. And after the first week of me doing that, I was just like, man, I don't know about this, man. And then I wasn't able to really get no bits on and shit. So I was right. like, you know what, man? I, this ain't for me. I was right. like, this ain't. And everybody was so great. Everybody was like, went to school for writing. And everybody was just amazing and it was intimidating I just was like nah I was like and on top of that another thing too I had just won this contest at this thing called NACA and NACA is where you perform in front of each individual you perform in front of a representative from thousands of schools right and if they like you then they hire you to come and I had just won it where I had like probably about 300 schools that wanted to pay me like $3,000 to come perform. So I had that lined up. So I was like, man, I don't know if I really want right. to stay here and write and wake up at seven o'clock. So, <laughs> so what, cha- what changed your mind? What made you think, oh, I'm going to stick this out? I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a little bit of a try. What happened was the first thing that happened was you had two people, two black people that was working there named Chris Hayes and Erica, I think mm-hmm. Brown. Erica Brown, yeah. Mm-hmm. Erica Brown. And Erica came in my office and I was like, yo, I'm quit. I was like, yeah, because I, I, I'm not I'm not, I'm not, not fitting in at all or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Erica came to my office like, here's your business cards. And when black people say something kind of racist, they look over both shoulders before they say it. So she was like, "She looked over. <laughs> that's you looking over both shoulders." That's, 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 that's just Erica. Erica, yeah, yeah. Both yeah. She said, "We really need you 
in that writer's room. Ain't no black people over there. Please, you're doing, just go over there and just be you, be great. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, motherfucker, I ain't staying. Like, I ain't say that to her, but in my mind, I'm like, ah, don't put that black shit on me. I'm leaving or whatever. Right, and right. Chris, then Chris Hayes came in there, not even knowing. He was like, yeah, I want to set your computer up. And then he looked, <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, and then you looked, he looked over his shoulder. He too. looked over his shoulder too. I'm not even bullshitting. I'm not even making this up. He was like, because my door was open. He was like, dude, you the only black right over there. You got to represent us. And I said, dude, that thank you, man. But in my mind, I was going, I know I ain't staying. I know I'm not. And then I was just thinking about them after that. And I was just like, man, if I leave, they're going to be like, he gave up. He didn't, he didn't want to stick this out or whatever. And then I was like, I might stay around. And then one of your writers came up to me. It's funny, though. But yeah, at yeah. the time, he was like this. Hey, man, how many times did 50 Cent get shot? I was like, motherfucker, I don't know. <laughs> Wait a minute. What do you mean you don't know? <laughs> I what didn't know, know, but I didn't want to be the black guy who knew. <laughs> so I bet you, see, you do know. <laughs> yes, I knew. It was nine. It was nine shots. It was nine goddamn shots. But I didn't want to be the stereotypical black guy who knew how many shots he took. Oh, my God. We just blew the lid off this whole race thing in America. You did know how many times 50 Cent was shot. I didn't want to tell him, though. But he would cut him off. No, wait. So this this writer thought that this was funny and probably thought, um, we're all comedy writers, so it's cool if I say this because you'll understand that it's a joke. And and it's fine. It's good. But it just became every week, every every three days. Right. come to me he'll be like hey who sang this song and he'll sing like a, he'll do some Marvin Gaye lyrics and shit and I'll be like Marvin Gaye he'll be like yeah and then he'll just leave and shit then he'll say how many times was Marvin Gaye shot <laughs> <laughs> twice twice in the chest <laughs> every question was followed up because that's what I get. I get that no. whenever people come up to me and any, it's about Irish people. They're like, so Robert Kennedy, did he, how close was he to becoming president? And I'm like, uh, well, he might have, he would have, he would have, uh, he might have gotten the nomination. I'm not sure if he could have uh, beat uh, Nixon. And how many times was he shot? And I have to go, I don't know. When I do know. But it you was can't once say, in the skull. Yes, but oh. you can't say it. You can't be a stupid, stereotypical white guy knowing how many shots. I know. No, I know. Each race is each race is responsible for knowing how many times someone in their race was shot, who was famous. Well, no, anyway, but look, so, but look, so, so 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 I yeah. was like, "Yo, I'm out of here. I'm ready to leave." And so I told my manager, "I'm leaving." Right. And we met in the park a lot, and she said, "Dion, please do not go." Give it one more week. She said, just do it for me. Give it one more week. Aww. And that's it. And so I was like, all right, fine, cool. I said, ain't, ain't nothing I write is funny. I was like, I just, I'm not fitting in. And so that next week, we was in the writer's room. And Sweeney was talking about uh, doing a bit for Andy. Yeah. Uh, Oktoberfest. Yeah. And I said... What's Oktoberfest? And they all was like laughing and shit. And right. then, then Sweeney and it was like, it's a German drinking day. 
And I simply was just like, because at this moment, I'm really not giving a fuck because I know I'm leaving. Because right. before that, I wasn't really talking a lot. But this time, I knew I was leaving. So I really, I was just letting how I really felt out because yep. I know I was going to go. So yep. I was just like drinking day. I was like, everybody got a motherfucking drinking day. I was like, Irish got St. Patty's Day. Uh, Hispanics got Cinco de Mayo. And now uh-huh. Germans, Germans got... Oktoberfest. I'm like, when we gonna get a black motherfucking drinking day? <laughs> I remember this. And, 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 and instantly, Sweeney was like, write that up. And yep. I was like, like what? And he was like, write it up. And I was like, I don't even know how to write it up. But he was just like, I'm gonna show you. And he showed me, came to my office, he sent me this template, and I wrote it up, and we gave it, and we gave it to you to write, to say, or do a bit on. Yep. And when you read it, you was like, Nah, let him do it. Let Dion do it, yeah. Let Dion do it. And then that's when shit really got wild. I was like, what? And they was like, yeah, you you come out and say it and do it. And I was like, "Ah, okay. And shit, next thing I know, man, we did one more bit like that. Well, we didn't, the next time we was talking about 100 houses, and I said it, and they was talking about, (laughs) no, I wrote this bit where I wanted you to go to to Universal Studios because I went to a haunted house and I got there too late and when I was leaving all the monsters was in the alley smoking cigarettes they <laughs> <laughs> was drinking Heineken and shit with all, with all their blood and axes right, and right, shit right, right, they right. were all just chilling so I, the bit that I wrote was like man won't Conan go kick it with the monsters the way they are I was like that'd be great and then um, Sweeney said that you was like well, shit, tell Dion to go do it. And why, why, why don't we have Dion do it? You know and why? Then, I wasn't then. being nice. I just didn't want to get up at seven in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know. Because you still got black in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, but I've seen, I've seen, the thing is, so many people get in their heads that there's a way to write comedy. And I, this was in my head when I started writing comedy. I thought, I'm funny with my friends and I can make them laugh. Yeah. But I can't sit down and write something something that then I get paid for it. I'm not a real comedy writer. And then what happens is you end up just being in a room and you say something to make the other writers laugh and they all laugh and they go, that's good. That's a good bit. Write it up. And you go, what? That's comedy writing. You were in a weird situation uh, and you're the only black writer in the room. And then you think, well, they know something I don't when the truth is, you know all you need to know, which is, I know how to be funny. I know how to be funny. And then you started writing stuff, and then you were on the show, I think you were on the show like once a week. It was crazy. Yo, like after that that haunted house bit that we did, TV Guy wrote this article and said, The Star's Born. And when when I saw that and it it highlighted me, I I was like kind of taken aback. I was like, yo, this is crazy. But then I started thinking, I was like, man, instead of me trying to write like them, if I just be myself and just say what's on my mind and what I think, I think it'd be funny, especially with him trying to deal with it. Yep. So I think that's what I would have to do instead of me trying to write like these guys. Yep, why don't yep. Why don't I write like myself, and then we see what happens like that. So that's what started happening. It just started me being me, and just the more that I was me, 
the more that it worked. Well, what happened was really quickly, really quickly, I'd say, and we wanted to know more about this. So I asked my friend Dion and I wouldn't even get to Cole and the crowd would be like, oh, good. It's Dion coming. Do you know what I mean? And now I think you had gotten to that point pretty quickly. And that's when I decided we got to stop this guy. (laughs) (laughs) This is the fucking Conan show. This isn't the Dion show. And that's when I got all my white friends together and said, now this is, some of this is okay, but this is going too fucking far. Those are my laughs he's getting. And we're going to start at six in the morning from now on. Six in the morning from now on. How do you like that, Dion? How do you like that, Dion? Yeah. Uh, No, but, you know, so, so whatever. Tonight's show, everyone knows what happens there. That blows up, but you've established yourself at that point. And then I decide I'm going to go on this crazy tour because there was this period of time where I was not allowed to appear on television. And I said, screw it. I'm going to go out on the road and, and do a live show. And I want it to be a great show. I want it to be uh, an incredible live experience. And I was like, I had like a fever running. I wanted it to be so great. I wanted music. I wanted comedy. And that's when I came to you and I said, would you come with me and and be in the center of the show, you know, in the middle of the show? And you said, yes. And then you and I were on buses and planes and we were all over the country together. That, That was another monumental moment in my career that made me go, wow. I've never been on a private plane ever in my life. It wasn't my plane. You know, that's the funny uh, thing is everyone on the tour thought that was my plane, but we actually had to get a plane, a private plane to make some of those dates. So we, you know, we rented it out. We paid it out for the, um, uh, from the tour money. But some of the people on the tour were like, Conan's got a nice plane. I'm like, this isn't my plane. (laughs) (laughs) If I I owned this plane, I would be be broke in six weeks if I owned a plane. No, I'm going to tell you a funny story, man. The first day, of that tour when I got on that plane I remember getting on a plane and I had like these I had these white like Gucci sunglasses on I had this Gucci garment bag and I had a, a Gucci trolley and walked on the on the plane and you Jeff and Andy were sitting there and y'all was like hey what's going on I was like hey fellas and you simply went that's some nice luggage and I was like thanks and then Jeff was like that's yours and I said no I said, no, I borrow, I borrow. <laughs> and he was like, oh. Why? I was like, well, they was like, take care of it. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to take care of it. I was so embarrassed that I had that luggage on that plane because you all are multimillionaire motherfuckers sitting there with like one trash bag. <laughs> I had the shittiest yeah, luggage. You had the shittiest luggage. And the shittiest luggage I've ever seen in my life. Just a little black bag. Just yeah. little. Now, I remember the bag I, was, I had on that. It was a beat up old bag that for some reason had the Canadian flag on it. And I still have it. And I think I used it a weekend ago. And it's just, I look like someone who slept at the bus station. And you come on with the, with not just one Gucci bag, but a matching set of Gucci. And then sunglasses that match 
the luggage. And I never saw anybody match their sunglasses to the luggage. I was so embarrassed. I remember the next time we went home, I, I took all that shit and put it up. Never took that set, that set of luggage that That's I had. That's nice luggage. I went and got some other luggage that was way more diluted. Like <laughs> you, got some glad, you got some glad trash bags is what you did. Just so you could fit in with the rest of us. Let me ask you a question because I want you to tell this story. I know you've told this, but I want to get this on the podcast because it's just one of the great stories, which is we start going and the tours was very successful. And so we got to stay in nice hotels yeah. and we got to travel like, like first class. All It was very nice. There was some yeah. kookiness on the bus every now and then. But for the most part, we were staying in really nice places. And um, you stayed up one night and partied hard. Yeah. With a couple of other people. And this, I, I just, I always thought this story was like, because we all heard about the story and I was like, that's brilliant. Can you yo, tell the story? You know what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, the mini bar, the mini bar. Yo, yes. We 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 kicked it so hard after one of the, sh- the shows. And I think we were going to the next city the next day, the next morning. So we partied. We closed this bar down, left the bar, went to my room, opened up my mini bar and drank. Everything in the mini bar. Woke up that morning and was like, yo, oh man, we drank this stuff. Like, yo, I looked at the bill on it and the bill was like insane. I was like, yo, I cannot pay that. I cannot pay that <laughs> with my Gucci luggage. I was like, you could sell you could sell one shoulder bag <laughs> and you could buy the hotel. I get, I get about the- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I cannot, I cannot afford this. So I, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, but what's the difference between this liquor and the regular looking stores? So I went, I got up, and I went to a whole bunch of liquor stores and bought a whole bunch of the little mini bottles. <laughs> you went store to store, <laughs> store to, to store. find the ma- the matching bottles the from matching the mini bar. Including like, bar. The, yeah, and, and you didn't stop until you had exactly recreated God, the mini every, bar. Every one, last one of those, including the M&Ms that was in that motherfucker. <laughs> I, I, I replaced all that shit. Yeah, but you, what you were smart was that Four, four, four Seasons M&M's and we all know this because we've had that like weak moment when we're in a hotel room we're like screw it I need to have the peanut M&M's and then you later find out that they were $28 at the Four Seasons and so then you just so you went and you went to like a 7-Eleven and got the same M&M's so, so I went to this liquor store it was closed and then they said there's another liquor store that's open and I went to that one and then they only had half of the stuff so then I had to go to another liquor store and they had the other half of the stuff, but then they didn't have the M&M's. So then I had to go to 7-Eleven and go get the M&M's so and the sh- Doritos. And I came back and I restocked the whole shit, man. And I you re- I spent- that's insane. I remember we all were hearing that and I'm like, that guy, that's a criminal mastermind at work. I don't know. That is just a genius move. I did, and- man. I restocked the whole thing. And Dion, this gives me an idea for a business. And I will, I will, I will, you and I could go into business together. We could start a business, we set up in front of fancy hotels and we offer people 
the entire cost, everything that would come in the mini bar, but yeah. for one fifteenth the price, and we still make a huge profit. And we drive around in a van from nice hotel to nice hotel in really ritzy cities. In a van. In a van, and we're like, as if someone's checking, we're like, you might, you think you might use the mini bar? Yeah, I think I might. Okay, here's the deal: you can buy anything in the mini bar, but at a fraction of the cost. Right, right, hey, aren't you Dion Cohen? Isn't that Conan O'Brien in the back? It doesn't fucking matter. That's not the point. The point is, we're, do you want in on this or not? We're here for you. We're here for you, man. <laughs> So where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident, so are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Okay. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus... They also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, beat. I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. <laughs> well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take Sorry. it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. Uh, so I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check terrific, out brunch. Blay. That's brunch. all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone... <laughs> 
cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less Filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. You killed it on that tour, and uh, and then you went on to Angie Tribeca and Blackish and Grownish. I mean, you've done so spectacularly well, and uh, everyone is just deliriously happy for you because you. And you know what's nice? You came to me on the tour. You said you wanted to talk to me, so you came over to my hotel room one day. I remember this. I don't. I don't know where we were. I don't know if we were in Atlanta or where we were. But you wanted to. You sit and talk to me, and you asked me. Like, what do you think? What do you think I should do? What do you think's the next step for me? And I never know what's the next step for anybody. I just know that they have to do it their way. Yeah, absolutely. And you also told me that sticks with me to this day, which I tell other people, you was like, don't get discouraged chasing these magical moments because mm-hmm. every moment ain't magical. If every moment was magical, we wouldn't have magical moments. Right, and that was right. something that always stuck with me too, you know? So it made me, it, it eased the pain of not succeeding in something sometimes or not getting something because I would be like, yo, that's just not that magical moment at that time or whatever. But 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 by thinking like that, it eases the process in order to create. And so yeah, man, I, I anything you ever told me, man, I always took it took it took it to heart. Well, no, I was wrong about one thing. No. I remember when I told you early on ventriloquism, you should get a ventri- <laughs> no, you should God. get a dummy. Remember? And you said I don't you said I don't think so, Conan. That isn't and I said, look, I know talent. You need to get a dummy. <laughs> You need to learn to throw your voice. I said, it's gone away, but it's coming back in our business. It's going to be big. I remember you looked really upset with me then. You know, it's interesting because, you know, you always had, you've always had, you're a great joke writer and and you're such a great performer as well. But what's interesting to me is I remember you did a thing when I first saw you where you would take these really brave pauses in your act and you would pretend to think about something and you would write in a little invisible notebook and take notes. And I remember thinking, there's so many people in comedy that just want to go for energy and attitude because it's easier than and less scary than thinking through what, how is this a smart joke? How is this a good joke? How is this a true joke? And then figuring out little bits to do on the side that really are incredibly, I don't know, unique, 
They, they yeah. give you a moment. Like you can play the pauses really well. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know if that's something that you always, I mean, who are you, who inspired you when you were thinking about doing stand-up before you'd even tried it? Who were the people you were interested in? Well, I, I, I love Mitch Hedberg. I, yep. love, I love, I mean, obviously Richard Pryor and yep. Eddie Murphy and, and, I, and Ellen. Ellen was somebody that was really, that I really love watching too. Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright was another great one that 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 I love. Stephen Wright also s- similar. I mean, he in that thing where he didn't. Uh, there was no neediness with Stephen Wright. No, like, yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. need the crowd. He mm-hmm. was he was gonna do his thing his way. Yeah. And you could come, and if you didn't come, that was your problem. That was your problem. And if you wanted to leave, like he was horrible, or whatever, then that's 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 on you. Or you could take this journey with him, or whatever. And so those were people that I kind of like. Like looked up to and kind of like 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 really kind of studied and watched or whatever. But another thing that that I like that what I always resonated with you about, even when I watched you when you was in New York, was the fact that you are like a master at like deconstructing, and that was something that I loved. I love to deconstruct what I'm doing because it it, it gives people a sense of of like not bullshitting and that you're a part of this and you see it and we know it. And so that's another element that that I that I I use with that. You know, uh, it's a, it's a deconstructing where you see that I'm trying this out. And nine times out of ten, if I got a list of five jokes, please believe one. Uh, maybe two are ones that I've never done before. Yeah. Just so I can get the real reaction. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, of it yes. of it not working so I can react. Or sometimes I write a terrible joke just because the reaction is bigger than the joke. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. that's and that's a, and that and and, and 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 with your comedy and, and how you are, you've you you've mastered that. And that was something I always like kind of gravitated with you. Like I said before you even came out, before we even hooked up, I just always love that. That was always You know what's interesting? And you probably agree with this. It feels to me like a lot of comedy is is letting people know we're all on the same page here. Mm -hmm. And what I like to do is always let people know I'm exactly with you. So if something isn't quite working, I know too. As opposed to yes. trying to snow them into thinking, look, this is slick. Yes. Maybe that didn't trust me. It worked. It was good enough. No, no, yes. no. You want to, you want to come. Because when you let them know that you're with them, yes. the power is incredible. I mean, people love it. They absolutely they, love it. They love it. And, and, and it's, but you have to be brave enough to do that. Mm-hmm. You have to know yourself and you got to be comfortable with yourself to do that. And it will also tell you something as a comic if you can't do that. Right, right. So you have to look at that and go, I'm, do I have the power to do that? Am I, do I have the power to fuck up and own it and make it, make it just as hilarious? Oh, funnier. It's funnier. Fun, it's funnier than the actual joke. I'm, on my Netflix special, I did it on there. Like, I, 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 do, it, I do it all the time, man. I, it's just something that I... I, I love to do. I love to do that, man. And like I said, and I'm not just saying this because we we here right now, but just even watching you in late night, man. I just love how you all do those bits, man. And then you would just 
tear that shit apart, <laughs> man. And it was just so great. Because it'd be like, you write the joke, and then you, and then here comes the real joke. Oh, you just laughed at this joke, but here come the here come yeah, the yeah. real laughter. And it's you are uh, a, you're you're a really good actor. Did you know? Did you ever think? Did you ever think for a second? I just want to go into acting, or did you know stand up was what you wanted to do? Because there uh, there are, there are actually there are people that get into stand up because they're really interested in acting, mm-hmm. and they get into stand up hoping they'll get noticed, and then they do get some notice, and then you can tell the second <laughs> it starts to click in acting, yeah. they never do stand up again. They never do stand up. But that's again. not you. I can tell. Like you're always yeah. you could win an Oscar tomorrow, and you'll be like, uh huh, okay, but I'm touring. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly how I am. When I was younger, I always was thinking to myself, man, I would love to act because I was like the only child. So it was always just me and television all the time growing up, me and television to this day, me and television. And so I always was always looked and admired, you know, acting and, and how people acted. But I, I just it, it just never was an avenue for me as far as like financially or time or whatever, I just never was able to do it. So when I did stand up, what's so weird is I still wasn't, I fell in love with stand up so hard. I didn't even think stand up would get me to acting because I was so caught up into stand up. Like I wasn't even thinking about acting because I was like, man, stand up is so great. I love this. And then friends around me start landing roles. And then that's what made me go, oh, right. Like, yeah, I can use, <laughs> oh, I forgot about acting, right. I want to, yeah, yeah, I should use this to land some roles. But yeah, I was not thinking at all, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do stand-up and then I can get some acting bits or whatever. No, I, I fell in love with stand-up and was gone. Right. Because I was, because I, because it's, 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 it's something that where you can be you, you can be different. It ain't, it ain't like learning lines. You know what I mean? This is, this is, it's, it's on a whole nother page, you know, stand up is. So I always, even when I put my name on something and some people be like actor, comedian, I'd be like, no, it's, it's comedian, actor. Like I always try to correct them if I catch it. I always be like, "No, it's comedian actor." Yeah. I talked to uh, Chappelle one. I mean, I talked to Chris Rock one time, and mm-hmm. he said, "He said you're a comedian before you're anything yep. because that that dictates how you respond to other things that happen in life." He was like, "Before you're an American, mm-hmm. before you're a man, before you're black, whatever your race is, before you're any of that, you're, yeah. you're before you're a father, you're a comedian first. And then, then that dictates everything else that you do. So I consider you a comic. You always comedian, host, whatever. But you're a comic, man. Your timing. Don't nobody got timing like that. So you're well, a comedian. So what you're saying is, you only know me as a comic. You don't even know what race I am. <laughs> 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 I don't know your race. <laughs> I will say, I will say, like when, when you know, people in this moment, in this this moment, and I think a lot of good's going to come out of the last couple of months of yeah. of just uh, since George, you know, Floyd, and 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 just people feeling these horrible feelings and anger. And one one thing that occurs to me sometimes it's is like there is a way of communicating which does feel in some ways kind of magical, which is when you sit around and laugh with people 
Have you know, like whatever separates you does tend to disappear immediately. Do you know what I mean? Yes, Rather than yes. uh, sitting and like probing, like, well, what, ex tell me about your experiences. And now you tell me my, I'll tell you my experiences and your experiences. And let's try and think our way through this. Sometimes when you're just, when you're laughing, it is something magical about it. I mean, I'm just thinking about what, what Chris Rock said, which is, which is so true is you just, uh, you know, first time I met him, which was at Santa Live when, uh, that would be nine. It was like 1989. Yes, obviously, it's like he's the fact that he's so fucking funny is could melt is. everything. Can because could melt anything else that might make somebody self conscious can melt away. And and yeah. I would think maybe I just unfortunately <laughs> not that many people are that funny. <laughs> <laughs> you are right though. You are you are right. I mean, I think Everybody had an amazing sense of humor. Really, I really do think if everybody had an amazing sense of humor, racism would like disappear. But the problem is, no, but, that's, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's, that's hard to come by, man. Nowadays, especially, man, people don't have a, a sense of humor at all. But, you know, you just had me think about something just now. And I think it's really true. I think people lately, it seems like, when you do laugh, it's like it's a real laugh. Like people are like, it's almost like they they want they want to laugh so bad. They want to release so bad. I think when this shit is over with, man, comedy is going to go. I mean, through the roof, y'all. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think people gonna come out if you do comedy, man. It's gonna be insane. The the type of love that people are going to come out for and receive and to the comics, what they're, what they're going to receive too, man. This it's going to be, it's going to be electrifying in 2022. Oh, oh no. 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 Well, I hope not, man. I hope not. Oh, I just heard that shit. That shit blew my mind. But oh, yeah, not. you heard Fauci say, yeah, it's not going to be till well, 2022. Well, we'll, we'll was, see. It, the, end of, the end of 2021. Hey, what if it's, what, what, what if Fauci is getting so much attention, like Brad Pitt's playing him on Star Out Live, and he's getting to, like, throw out baseballs at games and stuff, and he's a national hero. What if he's saying, like, no, this could go on to 2027, you know? <laughs> really? No, we have a cure. Yeah, don't try it just yet. Am I on CNN tonight? I don't know. It's, it probably is. He's, yeah. he's like, look. <laughs> I have a chance with Halle Berry. So let's just shut the fuck up, everybody. No, 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 no. Just keep, just shut up about, no, in Sweden, they have a shut up about Sweden. He's riding his train, baby. Yes, he is, That's He's going to be, yeah, comedians are going to be happy when this is over because it's going to blow up for us and Fauci's going to be pissed. He's going to be sitting at the back of the comedy club watching you kill because coronavirus is over and you're going to be on stage killing with all the pent up energy and observations you've you 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 built up during quarantine, and he's going to be in the back going, "I used to be somebody," oh, and no. he'll be telling he'll be telling the waitress, "I was Fauci, <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir." It's a two drink minimum, sir. You need another drink. I was Fauci. I have a chart I could show you from a year ago. No, I'm good. 
That's gonna be him. That's gonna be him. He's hiding. He's hiding the cure so he can shine. (laughs) Doctor Fauci, what's that? Oh, it's just a nasal spray. It says COVID cure approved on it. No, no, it's a breath breath drop. It's a just don't worry about that. No, no, don't worry about that. Catch catch me with Hamilton. This. Wait, you're in Hamilton? You're in Hamilton? Yeah. 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 No, I'm... uh... (laughs) Well, that's going to be great. He just keeps suppressing the virus. No, 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 no. It needs another trial. No, every chimp we gave it to immediately got better and became more virile. Uh, It even cleans your teeth. This is an amazing, it's been totally approved. We've tried it on every animal, every patient. It needs six more years. Hey, baby, get over here. Um, Oh, my God. So how are you staying sane these days? How are you like, because, you know, I I agree with you. You bring up something really important, which is whenever there was a period of plague or something back in the, you know, uh, 1500s, 1400s, right afterwards, there was always like a burst of great artistic work. And I think I think there could be I mean, right now people are stuck and they're upset and it's not just in comedy, but you think, what are people writing? What are people drawing? What are people, what ideas are people having? I mean, on the uh, just on the sort of optimistic side, I think some incredible work might come out of this. There's going to be some beautiful shit we're going to see when this is over with, from paintings to music mm-hmm. to movie ideas mm-hmm. to everything. We're going and, and we're going to see a lot of crossbreeding going on as far as like entertainers are concerned. Yeah, you know? yeah. You, like like I've been I've been DJing and shit. Just I taught myself how to DJ live in front of everybody since the beginning of this pandemic and now DJs are sending me new songs to play and break. I was also a part of this big ass thing called Rave to Vote where it was like me, DJ Jazzy Jeff and uh, Louis Vega and all these amazing DJs and we all DJed together and I I had the equipment for about three years. I just never played. And now at the time I taught myself. So it's going, you're going to see a lot of people doing that. A lot of people are going to be basically like doing other things that we're going to see. You know, now, like I have a question. Do you, do, when you uh, DJ, do you let any of your comedy, do you try and put any of that in there too? Because that could, be a, that could be a very powerful combination. Like, like, like sometime I'll play an instrumental and then I'll play one of my, comedy bits on top of the instrumental uh, and, and let it play. And then at the end of every one of my DJ sets, I talk about what's going on in the world, man, and just work on some material just to see if it works. You know, I only know by the uh, hearts that come up. <laughs> I can't hear nobody laugh. I just, I tell a joke and then I wait. And then you wait <laughs> and your eyes go dead. Oh, yeah, they got the oh, hearts. They got the heart. Yeah, yeah, that worked. That, worked. <laughs> that, that wouldn't work for me. I need to laugh. I'm conditioned. No, I need to laugh. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm going off of what I can Waiting eight <laughs> seconds to see four hearts float up a screen to prove that I'm funny would be like, oh, God, no, no. Time for me to be an accountant. 
<laughs> that would absolutely that'd be terrible. That's, that's it, man. Yeah, man. Every Sunday I get down at 11 a.m. L.A. time, man. I get that every Sunday. Disco Sunday Fellowship. I play all disco music. That's all I play, man. That's so, fantastic. It's been, it's, been, it's been great, man. And like I said, man, everybody needs to just take this opportunity to do something different. Whatever yeah. you felt like you wanted to do, you should be doing it now, man. And right. just... You know, just using it as a hobby and you never know what might happen. Yeah. Because you know? I, I went from three people to like 20,000 people every Sunday, you know, that, that watch me. That's live. great. No, I had yeah. never, I had always been curious about heroin, but, yeah. <laughs> but I, I had a job and I had a family. And then during COVID, I was like, uh, if not now, when? And you know what? It's fantastic. It takes you to this place, and uh, maybe this is irresponsible. Yeah. Any, is it? It is. Are you sure? Irresponsible. I'm just saying, yeah. I've seen the face of God when I rode the white horse. <laughs> you, got, you got enough time to kick it, too. <laughs> See, yes. Because you can't be doing a little heroin and then be like, I gotta go. I gotta be in 45 minutes and traffic's yeah. going to be 35. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> Jesus, you got to have a couple doesn't... months to kick it out your system, too. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's I am bad. so happy that you uh, could do this, that you could come on because man, uh, you, I love man. you. I love talking to you. And uh, and yeah. are you kidding? Are you kidding? You just, uh, I'm very happy for you. You know, I'm very man, happy for man. you. And you you deserve everything you've gotten times a hundred. So uh, man, just don't forget you, me. Man. You know, someday, you know, uh, <laughs> when you're at the very top, man, bring me in I, and uh, and ridicule me in front of people. Look, man, <laughs> I, 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 I love you to peace. I always talk about you. I'm always asked about you. And anything I do, man, I always, always, always bring you up, man. Other people always bring you up. Thank you for all the lessons. Oh, Thank God, no. Everything. No, no. I'm, no, I'm you. serious, no, man. No, but I'm thanking Thank you. you. And I'm just going to point out to people man. who are curious that Dion claps his hands a lot as he talks. Yeah. That's clapping. <laughs> That's <laughs> clapping. <laughs> In case you think because people listening to this, people listening to this are going to think that you just have a giant a room. Your room is filled with bubble wrap, and you're just you're just popping it like a maniac. <laughs> you're like, that was great. I love that. I love that podcast with Dion. But he had a room full of bubble wrap. Has he lost his fucking mind? No, you're going to. You're not going to divert away from. You're a master at diverting. Uh-huh. You're going to. You're going to take this love. I'm giving you. I won't. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. I know. He's I can't handle it. No. He's like, bubble wrap. He's got bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. No, thank you though. I love All right, you, well let's uh, let's get through this. Thing, let's man. get through this thing, and uh, yes. thank you for being so funny and honest. And uh, yes. and 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 I look back on it, and I think I wish it had been immediately easy for you day one to come into our show, and it wasn't. And I feel I feel bad that it wasn't, but I'm glad that we got to the right place. Man, without that, it, I wouldn't have the skin that I have. And I wouldn't be what I am without that. Right, I, wouldn't right. cha- I wouldn't change a thing, man. Thank you. Well, I love you, all man. All right, all right. 
<laughs> uh, Mr. You, Cole, uh, he always makes me call him Mr. Cole. Um, <laughs> oh, shit, this is day one. Fucking huge balls on this guy. Classic hey, Dion, uh, Mr. Cole. And then, second year I knew you, it became Dr. Cole. I'm like, I don't even think you're a doctor. Neither <laughs> is Dr. Dre. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dre is a real doctor. I looked it up. He's an orthopedic surgeon, he's the least cool doctor ever. We don't need to operate, just inserts. <laughs> just some orthotics. Really? Shows up to surgery with headphones. <laughs> He's a great doctor, though. He's a great doctor. All right, Dion, you be well. Take care, Thank and I'll you, see you man. soon. Bye bye. All right, see you. I got to say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And oh. for good reason. It's an absolute hit. Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever. Okay? Okay. But lately I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do. Partner events where you can build on each other's boards and Crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for. Or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level. But they did. (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees that have fun new mini games, plus with tons of rewards to collect like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. Come on, if most people are being honest, No one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in what I like to call B2B. Oh, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. You know what I'm saying? I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. (laughs) Anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, 1 billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not, that's more people than are on earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. (laughs) That's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to LinkedIn.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let's do some review the reviewers. This is from Down with S'mores 
and another one called oh. S'mores. They're both five-star reviews, but the first says, a bad Scorsese film is more disappointing than a bad Roland Emmerich film because you expect better, and that's why S'mores are the most disappointing snack of all. Yes, we Todd. talked about this. Thank you. And then the next one, real quick, says, I'm aligned with Conan and Gourley on S'mores. Toasted marshmallow by itself or with a small square of chocolate shoved in the middle, graham crackers have no business being near a campfire. Oh, yes. my God. Okay. Well, listen, this is something that we brought up. Uh, we started talking about s'mores because we named our summer series S'mores and the Chum Chums or something. That's wasn't close it? Enough, yeah. <laughs> I don't, Christ. you know, that's the best I can do. I'm not a fan of this program and I refuse to listen to it. Summer S'mores with Conan and the Chill Chums. Okay, yeah. And you are? I'm Sona. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hello. I'm your assistant for the last 11 years. No, you aren't. An assistant would assist me. But anyway. Oh, okay. Got you there. Um, All right. Listen, please. You take advantage. I do. You're a scam artist. Oh, that was sad. You just went, I do. I do. Uh, listen, we talked about it on the shows, and we started talking about s'mores, and I maintained yep. people act like s'mores are the most amazing things in the world. Mm-hmm. They suck. They're oh, terrible. God. And they get, I would leave s'mores alone, only they get this street cred as being the greatest thing that ever happened, which only exposes how horrible they are. It's like a shingle that has some tar on it. And and everyone is supposed, everyone's been trained to like it, but nobody I really agree. likes the s'mores. Every, yeah. No, everybody likes no, s'mores. No, it's like an old library card with some sludge and some shaving cream on it. It just sounds like you two haven't been invited to like too many barbecues or not barbecues like campfires. You're just I went to angry. a lot. Of, I went to a lot of campfires. No, it's you're, you. You didn't do it right. I was in the Girl Scouts for four years. <laughs> oh. I wore a wig. Um, what a creep! <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, I did plenty of time in summer camp, and that is a cool thing to say. <laughs> you did time. I did a lot of time. I did time in summer camp, and they would always say, "Now, guess what? There's a real treat," and I would think, "Great, yeah, let's get a real treat, right?" You know, and uh, no, it wasn't a uh. real treat. It wasn't really good, high quality cheese popcorn, which is fantastic. That's my cheese popcorn you just take it out of the bag and you eat it this right. takes work you put your time into oh, it oh that's you why roast it's so marshmallows amazing that's exactly why it's the right. so way hard you want to eat. roast them it's so hard, They're hard to, eat. to eat no and you put them onto the chocolate at the right time and it melts the chocolate it is it's oh and guess fantastic. what fantastic whenever you're at a, uh, at a campfire there's nothing to drink and it's such a dry gooey mess there's never any drink there oh. at the campfire. So you're basically being asked to eat this molten piece of space shuttle tile. <laughs> okay. That, that, and, and then you're supposed to, that just re-entered atmosphere, and you're supposed to pick it up and shove it in your face and go, best thing ever. Thanks, counselor. And, and there's no water there. There's no drink. There's no milk. There's nothing, because you don't have that at a campfire. Well, I mean, you could take it with you. I don't know. Put it in a cooler. I just don't agree with, look, I think that these are over overwhelmingly loved and you happen to read two reviews from two people who don't like them but I think those two people are assholes I'm going to make a statement I'm going to make a state I'm going to make a statement that s'mores are the Manhattan clam chowder of candy oh, oh yeah. you know what I mean it's overrated like, no one's yeah. ever said no one's ever said gotta get me some Manhattan clam chowder is that different than Boston clam chowder why yes it is let me explain okay Boston clam chowder 
and I'm from Boston, and I'm very proud of our chowder. It is a thick, <laughs> okay. creamy, it's made with like cream and butter, and it's it's fantastic. Uh-huh. Manhattan clam cheddar is someone was bitter down in New York <laughs> that Boston was getting all this attention for its creamy chowder. So what they did is they said, yeah, well, guess what? We're going to make something different. And someone next to them said, yeah, but what are you going to do, uh, Rocco? Uh, up in Boston, uh, they got uh, cream, and they got they got clams. Well, we got to keep the clams. Yeah. I'm a big loser potato. We got to lose a potato. We can't lose a potato. You got to have that stuff. Plus it's cheap and it fills it out. I know we'll lose the part everyone loves, (laughs) the cream and the butter. And it'll just be a watery tomato soup. And it's watery tomato soup with clams. That's gross. And you know what? I think if you looked into it, no one's ever ordered it at a restaurant. (laughs) Hundreds of millions of gallons are made a year, and it's never been ordered. Hundreds of millions of gallons? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know why there's no COVID cure yet? Why? There is one that they could do, but they can't get it up to speed because the the same machines are used to make Manhattan clam chowder. And those machines, people are like, no one even likes Manhattan clam chowder. Fuck it. We got to keep cranking this shit out. No one's drinking it. We could switch those machines over to making a COVID cure right now. Can't do it. There's got to be as much of this shit as the Boston shit. Equal amounts because New York is just as strong. Strong is Boston strong. <laughs> so it's just this petty war of chowders that's denying us the complete cure to COVID-19. <laughs> the In one day, war. they could switch those factories over. But because of this chowder feud... America continues to lie and wait. Oh, man. Waiting for the day of a cure. That we agree on. Yeah, that's a bad chowder. And, a, yeah. and that proves my point. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. No, you just talked about chowder. It's not the same. If you say that s'mores are good, it means you don't want a COVID cure. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. My logical trap uh. is undeniable. Look at it. If you've been charting that at home, you'll see that I built the perfect no. logical web. You are unwell. And Sona's <laughs> trapped in the middle, flailing. Help me. Help me. Okay, well, we solved it. We did. We did cracked we? it. Did we? Yep. We did crack we did. it, yeah. yeah. I need the people who like the s'mores to just come on all of our social media channels and start being more vocal. Let's start a movement. I know oh, that there you know are what the other other things going on. They're going to try and leave their comments, but their mouths are filled with hot, dry mush. Yeah, and you can't start a movement with two people. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Gorley and I are on the same side against Sona, and I'm liking this. This is like a new alliance of Avengers. I hate this. This is stupid. And you, okay. Also, I think that, I think once my s'mores people back me up, you guys will realize how unpopular your opinion is. So, I feel like I'm going to win this well, one. Don't make us call on the lead of people who don't like s'mores. Yeah. Well, fuck those people. <laughs> I think, well, you just said fuck you to 92% of the country. <laughs> I don't care. And actually the civilized world. If you don't like s'mores, I don't want to know you. If you if you don't like s'mores and you see me on the street, don't even come up to me. There are countries, developing countries, where they honestly don't have enough to eat. And the government has several times tried to give them s'mores and they've said, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> All at the same time. We're good. (laughs) Giant crates of s'mores were parachuted in. We're good, Uh. is what they say. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. With Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. 
Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. The show is engineered by Will Becton. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big.